Hello, and welcome to We Speak CVE, a free podcast from the CVE program. On this podcast, we'll talk with people from the cybersecurity community about what else? Cybersecurity and vulnerability management and the CVE catalog of vulnerabilities. If you didn't know, the CVE program's mission is to identify, define, and catalog publicly disclosed cybersecurity vulnerabilities. Hi, and welcome to We Speak CVE, a brand new podcast from uh, the makers of the CVEs you all uh, know and love. My name is Todd Beardsley. Uh, I'm a research director here at Rapid7 and also a podcast host uh, for this and a couple other podcasts, uh, but I won't plug those right here. Uh, and I have with me uh, three gentlemen, all involved in CVE. Uh, Chris, Tom, and David, and I'm just going to tag you individually. Chris, what is it you say you do here? Uh, hi, I'm, uh, my name is Chris Lavendis. I am the MITRE CVE project leader. We MITRE is funded by CISA to operate the CVE program. Super. And Tom? Hi, my name is Tom Millar. I am one of the, uh, the sort of the sponsors at CISA. That's the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Uh, we've been the sole sponsor of CVE for, for quite some time, and my role is sort of oversight and uh, to help with governance as a member of the board. And finally, we have David. David Waltermeyer. Um, I work at uh, the National Institute for Standards and Technology, or NIST, um, where I uh, focus on uh, standards and outreach activities for our security automation portfolio of work. Um, I also serve as a CVE board member and um, I often work to connect um, the work we do with the National Vulnerability Database um, with, with the outside world, um, such as the CD community. Uh, cool. Well, with that out of the way, um, let's, let's just get into it. Uh, Chris, uh, you seem to have the, the most dirty hands when it comes to CVE. So can you say in your own words, <laughs> um, what is, and more importantly, why is CVE? The program mission for CVE is to identify and define publicly disclosed vulnerabilities. And so why is that important? It used to be the case, and in fact, in some cases still is the case, that you know, you'd get two or more people talking about a cybersecurity vulnerability or two or more tools articulating scanning results, for example, from a network. Um, and there was no way to know whether, without doing a lot of manual work, to know whether or not you were talking about the same vulnerability or different vulnerabilities. Yeah, it um, was so back in <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ter- back in uh, back in 1999, MITRE operationally was struggling with this problem, um, and they invented the concept of CVE. Um, and the government liked that idea and asked us if we would be willing to sort of share that with the world. And uh, the program just sort of took off from there. Back uh, back then, we were producing maybe 150, 200, 300 vulnerabilities a year. And, um, you know, now we're getting closer to the 18 to 20,000 mark. And that, that number will continue to grow because uh, cybersecurity vulnerabilities are proliferating. Is it there are more vulnerabilities per lines of software or is it more people looking at them or more people reporting them? Like, what do you, what do you attribute to the, to the growth in the numbers? I think it's all of the above. Uh-huh. There's definitely more code being written to um, serve more functions, right? Um, so software is exploding. That's that's no secret. People are now more cognizant of cybersecurity vulnerabilities, and, and they become more and more aware of them. And there's more um, there's more participation in industry. Um, 
you know, to participate in the CVE program so that people understand what's vulnerable and what they can do about it. Um, and, and, and again, the simplicity of CVE is it just enables two or more people or tools to refer to a vulnerability and know they're talking about the same thing. So when a vendor, for example, releases a patch, it'll have the associated CVEs with that patch. And when people are detecting those vulnerabilities on their networks, they can go, ah, I've got that vulnerability, but this patch closes it. I mean, that's, that's the kind of thing that, that the CVE program does. Yeah. And we're here 20 year, 21 years later, I guess. Um, and I think there are, there are tons of people out there, you know, security researchers and IT people, um, they all take CVE for granted, but it, it doesn't happen automatically, right? Like there's a lot of people involved. So we, we, we like to joke that, that people think there's just a, a person behind the curtain waving a magic wand and CVEs flow out the door. But um, no, it's a, it's a, it's a process of, of understanding, finding vulnerability reports, and then turning those into what we call a CVE record, which has an identification number, typically a, a software product and version number. There'll be a description of what the problem is. Um, you know, that's, that's sort of a definition, and, and that list is available to, to the uh, general public. Um, I'm going to throw to Tom here. Um, Tom, you, you work at, at CISA. It's spelled C-I-S-A, but, but pronounced CISA. And can you, so, why, so, so what is CISA's role in all this? Uh, how, is, how is CISA related to, to the CVE project? So CISA's role is as the, uh, the nation's risk advisor, and we have uh, important responsibilities to uh, defend today and secure tomorrow for all of the nation's critical infrastructure. And that goes from the physical security of that infrastructure all the way to the cybersecurity of that infrastructure. And I've been working on the cybersecurity mission for the vast, vast majority of my time at CISA, which is coming up on like 12 years now, I think. Old hands. Yeah, I'm kind of a gray beard at CISA now, <laughs> um, or as some, some people call me furniture. Um, and, uh, and CISA's involvement in CVE is, that, you know, basically like we can't do our the cybersecurity part of our mission without fundamental systems like CVE that enable us to share information about emerging vulnerabilities and track whether people are doing anything to address them. We have services that like our cyber hygiene family of services that uh, helps people go out and, uh, and get scans for all their internet facing systems to whether, whether they have um, known vulnerabilities exposed to the internet. We use CVEs to tell people what those, you know, what those vulnerabilities are so they can track them down and apply the right patches or the workarounds that are necessary. There's a lot of stuff that just simply would not work and would uh, basically break our mission if we didn't have things like CVE. And that's why CISA has got such a vested interest in it and is the sole sponsor of the CVE program. Sole sponsor? Oh, okay. I always make a point of that. There's no other agencies pitching in. So this is a this is a U.S. Department of Homeland Security project, um, but it it is international, right? Like there, there's no like crazy licensing or anything like that. You don't have to be American to uh, to uh, contribute to CVE, right? No, I mean that's a really important aspect of it, and I'm glad you brought that up. Is that you know it is. We, we sponsor it, but we are not like the, we are not steering the ship of CVE because that is a community effort, right? We have the CVE board, which is made up of mostly private sector individuals from all around the world who have also a vested interest in the success of the program and want to make sure that it is uh, the best that CVE can be. We rely on the voluntary time contributions that the board members put in to make sure that CBE is on the right track and is growing in the right direction. 
uh, to help us steer the ship of CVE. It is not solely sort of DHS and CISA telling telling CVE how to be. It is the board that tells CVE how to be. And CISA makes sure that the resources are available to to keep it going. I I think this is a a fantastic example, really, of of how government can work work well uh, with industry. You had mentioned there's a CVE board. I happen to be on the CVE board. I think everyone here is on the CVE board. Um, and we we seem to work out, we seem to work really well together. Um, David, I think that's a, you know, setting up um, CISA and DHS, um, you know, and, and their involvement in CVE. Uh, you in particular represent a whole other organization called the National Vulnerability Database. What do, what do you guys do? And how do you relate to all this? Yeah, um, thanks for asking. Um, the uh, The National Vulnerability Database is a collection of vulnerability-related uh, metadata. Um, it's uh, co-sponsored by CISA and NIST. Um, and what the NVD does is we we take a feed of information that comes from um, from the CVE program. Um, so when a new CVE is created by the CVE program. We receive that information. Um, we have analysts that analyze every vulnerability that's published by CVE. We identify what weakness um, or weaknesses um, a given um, a vulnerability um, is exploiting. Uh, we identify um, a number of um, vulnerability characteristics um, using the common vulnerability scoring system. Ah, CVSS. Um, so you're to blame for CVSS. <laughs> Uh, no, um, we are uh, actually. That's that's a, a, another thing that we do, and I'll get to that in just a moment. Um, a couple of other things that we do is um, we associate uh, uh, what products are vulnerable, um, and we we investigate um, the information that's provided with the CVE, the uh, the references, um, any uh, vulnerability bulletins. And we use that as a way of identifying um, what products are actually vulnerable and and the product versions. And that's the um, that, that's the CPE, right? Using CPE um, right now, although we're working to transition to another um, software identification standard called software ID tags. Okay. Um, or SWID. And finally, we associate reference tags with uh, um, with the CV entry, which helps um, characterize the types of references. You know, so that when a, and then user goes to our site and they want to follow a reference, they can get a sense of whether the reference is pointing to where they can find a patch or where they can find a security bulletin or, or that sort of thing. Oh, okay. So like, I know that when I, when I submit CVEs, uh, you know, potentially new CVE IDs, like I, I have a list of references, but it's, it's NVD that figures out and, and promulgates really like, Oh, this is a reference that describes the vulnerability. This is a reference that describes the patch. You know, they, you might have a link into you know the affected software, things like that. So, kind of the things that, it, not necessarily you know, you're, you guys are not writing all the CVEs, right? Like you're you're merely describing them, enriching them, and making them you know useful for, you know, for for pretty much anybody who might come along and, and have a use for those, right? Yes, um, it's yeah, it's largely an enrichment process, but we also don't originate all of this information. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with um, some of the recent improvements to um, um, to the format of data that CVEs are are um, shared in, 
we've been able to actually receive a lot of um, a lot of this uh, metadata um, directly from um, the CNA, the CV numbering authority that was responsible for creating the CVE. Some CNAs participating in the CVE program, you know, provide their own, um, you know, CVSS scores, um, or they provide their own weakness mappings. Um, some even provide uh, CPEs for vulnerable um, product configurations. And so we've recently established something called the Collaborative Vulnerability Metadata Acceptance Process, um, which is a fancy name for um, a process in which we work with the CNA to ensure um, consistency in applying things like CVSS, CWEs, CPEs, and reference tags. Um, and what we mean by consistency is we want to make sure that the same rules, the same practices are followed in applying in applying um, this this metadata. Um, we um, working with CNAs. We've actually learned a lot about. Um, where there are differences in thinking around how to apply these methodologies. And uh, this has offered uh, a great opportunity for the NVD to collaborate more with the CNAs um, to develop a more common understanding of how to apply you know, these various um, systems for assigning metadata. And it's also involved um, us learning things on how to improve um, some of the underlying standards that support this. And, and um, you, you had asked me earlier about that aspect. You know, one of the roles that NIST has, um, in addition to the NVD, is we work a lot with um, the various standards community um, that produce, um, you know, the data formats, the guidelines that um, support the vulnerability management space. Uh, we work with the CVSS SIG, which is responsible uh, for managing the ongoing development of CVSS. Um, and through CV Map, um, we've been able to, you know, take really good lessons learned you know, back to the CVSS SIG, um, which we're using to improve CVSS. Um, well, uh, since this is our inaugural podcast, um, I really did just want to stick to like the barest fundamentals. Uh, so people listening like may not understand like or know the, the the history of CVE or how it relates to CISA or how it relates to the National Vulnerability Database. Um, and I think we've I think we've hit all those like Chris, is there is there something about CVE, even, even you know, security pros and I, old hands at IT, like maybe something they don't already know about it um, that you want to get out there? I think it's important actually to build a little bit on what Dave was talking about um, in terms of letting everybody know what a CNA is. Right. So a CNA is a CVE numbering authority um, and CNAs are authorized to assign um, CVE IDs and populate CVE records within their own scope. Um, we have 145 um, CNAs and they're located all over the world. I think we're in 25 countries right now. Um, this is a shift um, from the way the program operated five years ago. So it used to be the case that MITRE assigned and um, populated all CVE records. And that, you know, uh, a single organization doing that, you can't scale a program to meet demand under that kind of a model. Um, so just very quickly, the, the CVE program is in the middle of executing a federated growth strategy um, and CNAs and adding additional CNAs is core um, to, to that growth strategy so that the program can scale and, and essentially meet worldwide demand. Cool. And if somebody is responsible for vulnerability management in a 
you know, I, in, in whatever organization they're in, like they would just swing by the CVE website and, uh, and volunteer if they, if they cared to. That's correct. If they want to be a, become a CNA, we have a, uh, a registration form. There's no fee to join. Um, you have to learn how to, how to, uh, populate CVE records. Um, but that's not that hard. Um, and it's completely voluntary, no contract to sign, no fee to join, just you, you know, you, you expend your own time for your own benefit. And you can do that right off the CVE website. I, I think it's a truism that every company is really a tech company. Um, you know, they have some tech company component, especially if you're, you know, a big company, you know, you're in the Fortune 500. It's almost guaranteed. Um, it is guaranteed that you have some kind of tech component that may have vulnerabilities someday. And and, and you might want to pay attention to those. Um Tom, any uh, any closing thoughts on the on the role of CISA in all this? One thing we're really interested in is preventing CVEs from ever having to be uh, identified. Um, so, like, there are there are efforts bugs? underway. <laughs> yeah, we want to we want to we want to use some of our other efforts on uh, on software assurance and uh, and finding these things earlier in the development pipeline, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if we can if we can help software and uh, information communication technology and device manufacturers to get ahead of these things or before we ever have to disclose or assign a CVE, that would be our ideal end state. As far as today's priorities are, you know, we want to make sure that we get CVEs as soon as possible. There's another, you know, big part of the vulnerability management mission in CISA for cybersecurity is coordinating disclosures of new things. And, uh, and getting the CVE can sometimes really be the magic moment. Um, when you're trying to track something that doesn't have a CVE yet, you have to assign its own sort of ticket number with whatever system you have at hand. Um, and you have to hope that you're, the researcher or multiple researchers you might be working with can uh, can track along with you, as well as the vendor that you're trying to coordinate with to get it resolved. So getting the CVE is crucial because it becomes then the, it becomes like the official government name of that vulnerability. And uh and helps everything come together in a disclosure. Great. Um, David, anything else you want to uh, throw out there on NVD? It sounds like you guys do a lot. <laughs> um, your CVE is one small part of NVD, just like CISA. You know, CISA has 4,000 other projects going on. Um, uh, but anything else you need to, you, you feel you need to clarify uh, when it comes to NVD's role in the, the CVE identification process? So specifically, I, I think I, I want to recognize that um, I don't think we've ever had a greater number of vested stakeholders involved in the CV program than we do today. Um, yeah, I think that's accurate. And um, you know, CVE in its current form wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for the commitment from you know all of, all of the volunteer stakeholders that make CVE possible. And um, I wanted to recognize that. With the CV and the NVD, we're looking for ways to better work with um, the robust community um, that is um, is participating in making CV possible, and um, and and so we're you know we're open to um, you know to working with new CNAs. Um, we're always looking for ways that we can you know partner and and make the types of metadata um, that is being provided that's used um, to to help vulnerability managers better. Um, and so I would say that, um, you know, the one thing that we want to do more of is, is, you know, have more collaboration, you know, with outside parties to hear more about, um, you know, 
the data that the NVD is providing, what's working for you well now, um, what's not, how can we make that better? Um, and that's that's something that we look forward to. It it sounds like a very anti anti elitist, anti ivory tower sort of sort of position there, um, which is which is important, right? Like I think a lot of people still today um, may perceive CVE, NVD, CISA even of being kind of like arm's length from from industry and corporate interests, arm's length from open source interests. Um, but you're not like that. It it seems like um, all all three of these organizations are are desperately looking for ways to to partner up with uh, with experts in the field. Absolutely. I mean, as I mentioned, it wouldn't be possible without uh, the participation of all of those experts. So that's certainly the community we're trying to build. Yeah, I would say on on CISA's behalf, you know, I think that there's a lot of interest in improving the the relationship between CVE, NVD Mm -hmm. and the open source community. We know that, you know, open source projects, don't have the resources that um, that major commercial software projects do. And it makes it sometimes difficult to make sure that, you know, security bugs are identified with the CVE in a timely fashion and that that's associated with, you know, the appropriate uh, patch or update to the, uh, to the project. So all of that stuff we know is a, is a burden on open source. And, uh, and we're, we'd be welcome to hear more about what, uh, what folks think would improve that improve that process or that relationship. Cool. Well, uh, I think that does it uh, for this inaugural uh, podcast of We Speak CVE. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Chris Lavindis, uh, Tom Miller, and Dave Waltermeyer for for coming in today. And by coming in, I mean <laughs> joining the Zoom meeting. Uh, keep an eye out for future episodes. There's just so many things we didn't talk about when it comes to vulnerability management, reporting, CVE. Um, we didn't. We, we never said the word cert, um, so I'm sure we'll have some cert things to talk about in the future. Um, you know, there's there's so much more to talk about. Uh, I love CV and I love talking about it. So uh, I hope you like listening to it. And if you do, uh, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, take a look at the show notes uh, below for links of anything that we may have mentioned in here. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining us today on the We Speak CVE podcast, which is available for free on Buzzsprout and the CVE website. If you'd like to participate or suggest a topic, please contact us on the CVE website.